0: Welcome everybody to making sense of the madness. I'm obviously not Sean Morgan. I'm your guest host today. Alex Newman It's great that you could join us today on American Media Periscope. Uh, So much going on in the world, but obviously the thing on everybody's mind is the escalating lawlessness culminating with an FBI raid on Donald Trump's home. Yep. Who would have thought it would have come to this in America? Now, I've been predicting for months that they were going to actually try to arrest Donald Trump uh, on almost certainly Trump up charges. No pun intended. Something having to do with January 6th or trying to expose the election fraud. Or, you know, now they've got the new excuse that maybe he had some classified documents at his house. Who knows what exactly they're thinking? But uh, it is truly getting out of control. And folks, this has been a long time coming. In fact, uh, Project Very Thoughts just recently put out documents showing that uh, the FBI has now labeled a whole bunch of symbols of traditional America, including symbols from our War for Independence, uh, symbols that are very, very commonly used, patriotic symbols, you can see some of them here. We've got the Betsy Ross flag, the Gadsden flag, uh, the Punisher symbol, I mean, the, the revolutionary militia man. I mean, these are symbols that have been with our country forever. And now the FBI says they may be symbols of militia, violent extremism. Yep. If you think uh, that little Gadsden flag on your wall is cute, you may be a violent militia extremist as well. And of course, we know what the FBI means by violent militia extremists, right? Usually it's some dupe, very t- very often uh, mentally challenged, sometimes suffering from very severe mental issues like schizophrenia that has been radicalized by some uh, clown car that formerly known as the FBI whispering into their ear, hey, you should blow something up. Hey, you should kill somebody. Uh, and, and we just saw this come out, right? It just came out recently in the, uh, the phony prosecutions over the phony uh, Michigan governor kidnapping case. Turns out there never was any real Michigan governor kidnapping plot. It was all the FBI from start to finish. And so the jury set these people free and they said, well, this was not a legitimate law enforcement operation. And of course, it wasn't right uh, now. I want to preface this by pointing out that the FBI was at one time a legitimate, very valuable law enforcement agency. They did uh, very useful work trying to rout out communists from within our government and within uh, other influential sectors of our society. And, uh, you know, sometimes I got a little carried away and and uh, overstepped their proper bounds. But uh, that is no longer the case today. In fact, today we have an FBI that has been politicized, that has been weaponized, that has apparently been run by communists for quite a while, right? Uh, Who could forget all of these former Obama officials admitting that they were communists? Uh, Of course, John Brennan, the head of the CIA. Of course, James Comey, the head of the FBI, infamously admitting that, uh, oh yeah, back in the 1980s, I was a communist. Not exactly sure what I am now, but uh, really, If you were a communist, how in the world did you make it up through the ranks of the FBI? Uh, It shows you we have a very, very significant problem in our country, folks, and uh, we have got to deal with it. Now, we have a a number of members of Congress who are calling for defunding and even dismantling the FBI. Uh, Congressman Paul Gosar has recently come out and said, uh, we must now smash the FBI to bits. It has become a politicized banana republic group of gangsters that are being turned loose on Americans. And of course, who could forget uh, what happened over the last year right they, they went after moms and dads speaking out at uh, school board meetings now they're going after congressmen it, it turns out they just uh, went after uh congressman republican congressman obviously uh, scott perry of pennsylvania on tuesday he said that the fbi had seized his cell phone he put out this statement he said this morning while traveling with my family three fbi agents visited me and seized my cell phone folks This is lawlessness that is just absolutely out of control. We also now found out that the judge who reportedly signed this warrant to go search Donald Trump's house is actually tied to the convicted child sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein, who obviously did not actually kill himself. Uh, This federal magistrate uh, apparently Uh, was uh, donating to Barack Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, and then he left the U.S. Attorney's Office so that he could represent a bunch of Jeffrey Epstein's little buddies in their sex trafficking case. Yep, pretty amazing. Okay, uh, This judge, uh, Bruce Reinhart, approved this unbelievable warrant against Trump. And uh, again, this is a guy who was elevated to judgeship in 2018, and uh, he represented several Epstein employees, including Reithart's, uh, uh, by his own admission, uh, Epstein's pilots, Epstein's scheduler, Sarah Kellen, uh, Epstein's uh, Yugoslavian sex slave, as Epstein described her, Nadia Markinkova. So, folks, we have a uh, FBI that is totally out of control. Now, I, I think uh, the uh, idea put forth by Congressman Paul Gosar is a very good one. We have, uh, you know, Representative Kevin McCarthy, the nominal leader of the Republicans in Congress, saying there's going to be investigations and oversight. Yeah, I'll believe that about uh, as, as far as I can throw. Mr. McCarthy. Okay, he is a total establishment individual, and I do not believe he will actually hold anyone accountable. But we do have options at the state level. In fact, uh, one of our best uh, state legislators here in the state of Florida, Anthony Sabatini, who's now running for Congress, Uh, has put out a statement on Twitter calling for the state of Florida to immediately convene a special session and pass laws uh, reining in the out-of-control behavior by these federal agents that are crawling all over our states. And I think that's a good idea. Uh, Folks, if you thought this was bad, wait till they get their next 87,000 IRS agents, okay? Uh, We're headed into some very dark times as a nation if we don't get this all under control. Also, folks, uh, John has put out a statement, John Michael Chambers, that I want to share with you, um, uh, important analysis of what's going on and also what's going to be coming up here on AMP. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to show you this broadcast from John and we'll be right back.
1: Hello, this is John Michael Chambers with American Media Periscope. Listen up, please. I have a critically important announcement to make regarding our format for broadcasting our shows. We are at war, and the storm, as we now know, is upon us. We are under a wartime command structure, elevated status, red alert, imminent. In October of 2017, President Trump hosted a dinner for the military commanders and their spouses. At the end of this meeting, during the photo op session, President Trump said this, and I quote, you guys know what this represents? Maybe it's the calm before the storm. The media then asked the president what he meant by the calm before the storm, and the president replied, you'll find out. When the military intelligence drops, better known as Q, were happening between 2017 and the election theft of 2020, the drops also made reference To the storm indicating that President Trump would signal the American people when the storm is upon us. Last week, President Trump stated the storm is upon us and then retweeted, I believe Dan Scavino's tweet stating the storm is upon us. There's your signal. Yesterday, President Trump released a video titled a nation in decline where the rain pours and the thunder pounds as a soundtrack to his voice. The storm is upon us. You can find that video by visiting ampnews.us. With the stolen ballot evidence set to be destroyed at midnight on September 3rd, 2022, and the midterms sure to deliver a crushing blow to the Democrats, this comes at a time where it is critical for the deep state and the Democrats to remove Trump as a candidate for 2024 desperate moves by a very desperate deep state. Witness the unprecedented raid at Mar-a-Lago. You may recall some weeks ago, I did a brief segment on James Grunvig's show, Unrestricted Truths, where I stated that our back-channel intel had indicated credible growing concerns of a President Trump indictment and arrest. You can watch this by visiting ampnews.us under Unrestricted Truths. We are at war, and the storm, as we now know, is upon us. We are under a wartime command structure. Elevated status, red alert imminent. AMP will begin live broadcasting, live broadcasting any day now, including live new AMP alerts as intel comes in by the hour. We will be bringing on a variety of guests in the military, military, journalism's new media influencers, and people from the intelligence community to cover this historic moment in time to help you make sense of the madness. Follow us at ampnews.us. The next three months, immense darkness and a near death experience will engulf America and the world. Be informed, be empowered, be prepared. We caught the swamp. This is the tipping point. We are under a wartime command structure, and we don't know what we don't know, but everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. So hold the line, patriots. Stay the course and trust the plan. Remember, where we go on, we go all. Follow our daily live programs, making sense of the madness and unrestricted truths, and our live new AMP alerts. Remain informed, empowered, and connected. And Stay safe and focused. Victory is ours. God bless
0: you. All righty, folks, welcome back. We're going to go to our first break. And when we come back, uh, we've got some news for you. And coming up after that, a very, very special guest. You're going to love to hear from this young man. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. This is Making Sense of the Madness. I am your guest host, Alex Newman, coming back in just a moment.
2: Did you know that there is a community of human beings that live to be well over 100 years old? It's true. The Hunza people live to be anywhere between 120 to 140 years old. Their secret? Vitamin B17. At Richardson Nutrition Center, founder John Richardson and his family have made it their mission to add vitamin B17 back into the human diet. Vitamin B17 is found in over 1,200 foods in nature and has been gradually eliminated from the human diet throughout the past 100 years. Over the past 20 years, our products have helped customers with immune support, energy, heart health and much more. At Richardson Nutrition Center, we have developed a product line to easily incorporate B17 back into your diet. Use your special American Media Periscope code AMP888 to receive 15% off your first order at rncstore.com.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Alex Newman here with Making Sense of the Madness on American Media Periscope. Uh, Some important news for you today, folks. Uh, Things like I mentioned earlier are getting Really, really intense. You just heard John talking about going into the storm. Well, folks, uh, things are getting out of control. You probably remember for days, uh, we just had a nonstop barrage of media propaganda about these four Muslims who were killed in Albuquerque. Nationwide media freak out. Oh my goodness, there's a white supremacist on the loose. It's probably a right-wing Christian terrorist Trump supporter who's out there shooting innocent Muslims in Albuquerque. Uh, You might have also noticed that that story very rapidly disappeared from the the fake media. And I bet you can guess why. Turns out it wasn't a right-wing Tea Party, Trump-supporting right-wing conservative Christian fanatic. It was actually a 51-year-old Muslim from Afghanistan. Police announced on Tuesday that they had a breakthrough in the case in the killings of these four Muslim men in Albuquerque. And the guy was called Saeed Mohammed. 51 years old, he was taken into custody yesterday as a result of the investigation. And uh, interesting, CNN was at his house the day before. I'm not sure what that means, but um, yeah. So uh, about that whole evil... Christian right-wing, Trump-supporting conservative story. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wait for an apology from the fake media, but my guess is one won't be coming anytime soon. So don't hold your breath. Instead, the media is promoting new and improved lies. Uh, this just came out in the National Propaganda Radio, the NPR, the tax-funded propaganda service. They claim that most Americans support using the popular vote to decide U.S. president's data shows. And, of course, they got a phony poll. They're masters at manipulating the language and the questions and choosing who to sample to get the data that they want. And they say most Americans support using the popular vote and not the Electoral College vote to select a president, according to fake data from the Pew Research Center. Uh, Their fake data shows that 63 percent of Americans want to use the popular vote. Uh, compared to just 35% who want to keep the Electoral College. Well, fortunately, that would require a constitutional amendment, and fortunately, these smaller states would be uh, almost certain to block it, because what it would do is it would deprive them of really any meaningful role in choosing presidents in the United States. Really, they could just stop the ballots in New York City, Los Angeles, and a couple other big liberal Democrat metropolises, maybe add in uh, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Detroit, and San Francisco. And presto, you've got yourself a fake president thanks to voter fraud. Folks, there's a very good reason why our nation's founders gave us an electoral college. In fact, there are many good reasons. And if you're not familiar with those, you should go back and read about them, folks. Uh, There's a reason we have this system. It is a Phenomenal system, and uh, we need to preserve it as best as we can. Uh, also, folks, uh, my great state, I'm so proud of my state. It's definitely not perfect. We got a lot of work to do still, but some really good developments coming on now, fast and furious. Uh, the Florida Department of Health and Human Services has just released a new guidance pushing back on the Biden regime's crazy unscientific madness coming out of the Department of Health and Human Services it's kind of like the inflation reduction act right they just completely misrepresent the purpose of the bill or the agency so the Department of Health and Human Services really it's a department for destroying your health and uh, not providing human services right uh, and, and I mean this is like in your face now they've got a guy pretending to be a woman uh, calls himself Rachel Levine Assistant Secretary of Health, uh, lecturing us about how children need to be allowed to be castrated, and little girls need to have their breasts removed, and they need to be allowed to do this, regardless of what their parents think, regardless of what their communities think, uh, because, hey, you know, it's health, okay, it's a healthcare service, that's what they're saying, folks, that's what they're saying, but at least here in Florida, our uh, state government is pushing back on this madness, and uh, they're saying that, no, that's not how this is going to work. In Florida, you are not going to be chopping off body parts from children. In fact, our state surgeon general has put out some really good information on this. So is our governor, actually. He called on uh, quack doctors, and I use that term very loosely, to be uh, sued if they chop off body parts from children. And frankly, I think that's a good idea, right? We don't let children smoke, we don't let them vote, we don't let them drive, we don't let them buy weapons, we don't let them do much of anything. They can't sign contracts, and yet these clowns in the federal government want us to believe that children should be trusted with the decision of taking life-altering, body-altering, permanent, irreversible, damage-causing hormones and puberty blockers and, and surgeries Give me a break, folks. Uh, Also, the Florida Board of Medicine just voted last week on August 5th to advance a new plan that would ban doctors from providing what is ludicrously referred to by the Biden regime and the fake media as gender-affirming treatments. Uh, I think we need to start calling it what it is. Surgical mutilation of children's genitals, uh, breast removal from young girls, hormone therapy, they call it. Uh, Of course, this is just uh, injecting cross-sex hormones into children. And folks, these things have lifelong consequences, okay, as our our agencies here in Florida are pointing out. You know, when you put a girl on these uh, testosterone things, folks, what happens is they start growing facial hair. They start getting a deeper voice. They oftentimes become permanently sterilized right Uh, their bone density starts collapsing they start getting new cancers. I mean the research is is all coming out on this the FDA just announced recently that some of this stuff is causing brain swelling these crazy puberty blockers folks this is madness okay no society in the history of the world that I'm aware of uh, until the last 10 or 15 years has even contemplated allowing children to castrate themselves under the guise of gender affirmation it is absolute madness and I think we all need to revisit Romans 1 for more insight on to this. Uh, our health secretary here, uh, Dr. Joe Latifo, uh, he's also the one who said no injections for children, please. No COVID injections for children. Thank you, Dr. Latifo. Uh He said that children experiencing gender dysphoria should be receiving counseling to help them address their concerns and their confusion, not mutilation and not dangerous hormones. Folks, uh, serious, serious times. I'm thankful to our uh, our state government here. We need a whole lot more of that all across the country. This is totally unacceptable. Also, uh, going over to the International Monetary Fund, which, by the way, they're grooming to serve as the eventual One World Central Bank System. That's what the deep state wants. We'll see whether they get it or not. But uh, they put out a report uh, arguing that globalism is going to be fragmented into regional blocks and that we'd have regional governments creating these new regulatory standards, new reserve currencies, et cetera. Uh, Here's what they said in the report. A serious risk to the medium-term outlook is that the war on Ukraine will contribute to fragmentation of the world economy into geopolitical blocks with distinct technology standards, cross-border payment systems, and reserve Currencies. But isn't that interesting that the IMF is suddenly talking about that? Uh, Turns out there is a very uh, clear agenda to do exactly that. Now, uh, Klaus Schwab, the lunatic running the World Economic Forum, he said this in his book on the Great Reason. I'm just going to read you these quotes because, folks, you can't understand what they're doing unless you understand what they're doing. Uh, He says the most likely outcome along the globalization, no globalization continuum lies in an in-between solution, regionalization. He says the success of the European Union as a free trade Area or the New Regional Comprehensive Partnership in Asia, a proposed free trade agreement among ten countries that compose ASEAN, that's the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, are important illustrative cases of how regionalization may well become a new watered-down version of globalism. Alright, folks, you see what they're doing. They said, oh, okay, well, people are upset with the globalism. People are upset with the, you know, losing their sovereignty to these insane. Uh, global government institutions like IMF, like World Bank, like UN, I call the UN uh, the United Abominations. And so, hey, let's just take a step back and we'll do regionalization. We'll just impose these regional governments on the whole planet. So you got Putin, Building is Eurasian Union. Uh, you have the communist Chinese dictatorship, the U.S. government, and the European Union imposing an African Union on Africans. Now, if you go and talk to—I used to live in Africa. If you go talk to Africans, they have no desire to give up their their nations, their their self-government to an African Union, right? Why in the world would you want that? Down in South America, right? I grew up in South America. They're building what they call the Union of South American States. And what do you think the odds are that every nation, all, all people, all around the world, just woke up one day and said, "You know what? We don't really." Need this whole self-government thing? We don't really need, uh, you know, elections and, and nation states. Why don't we just all have regional governments? Okay, the chances of that happening, folks, are zero because it didn't happen. This is a coordinated agenda that is being pushed by the globalist, deep state, one-world order crowd. Uh, here is it, continuing from uh, this clown. Um, Klaus Schwab, and I'll do it in my best Klaus Schwab accent. COVID-19 will just accelerate this global divergence as North America, Europe, and Asia focus increasingly on regional self-sufficiency rather than on the distant and intricate global supply chains that formally epitomize the essence of globalization. And you will be happy. He says, right? Uh, I, I know it's not a very good Klaus Schwab impression, but I got you. Got to mock these people. If you don't mock these people, they win. So we have to mock them regularly and relentlessly, folks. These ideas are absolutely crazy, and we need to call them out for what they are. Uh, also, folks, some incredible news from the America First Legal. And uh, this is an amazing, folks. Google, Facebook, Twitter, and all the other fascist social media companies have been busted, being fascist social media companies in bed with the O'Biden regime, silencing critics of the regime, silencing critics of these insane health policies, silencing critics who are pointing out that there is massive election fraud. And I mean, you guys know all of this, right? But here's the proof. They've got the documents, okay? Uh, they actually got emails, and this is amazing. They got emails. Uh, here's one from... Carol Crawford asking uh, uh, here's here's some other ones. Let me share this one with you. So here's the CDC. uh, Carol Crawford sent an email to Google asking them and I'm quoting here. um, We wanted to point out this new webpage we just posted about vaccine finder. It would be great if this would come up higher in results instead of our provider page. Oh, so the CDC is now telling Google where they want stuff to appear in the search results. Oh, man, folks, stop using Google, okay? These documents are incredible. They were secured uh, through litigation by America First Legal. Uh, Here's what uh, the president of AFL had to say. His name is Stephen Miller. This is what he said in a statement. These explosive smoking gun documents obtained as a result of America First Legal's litigation against the Biden administration conclusively demonstrate that big tech has unlawfully colluded with the federal government to silence, censor, and suppress Americans' free speech and violate their First Amendment rights. Government is expressly prohibited from censoring competing or dissenting viewpoints or from silencing its political opponents, whether it does so directly or whether it uses an outside corporation to achieve its draconian totalitarian ends. AFL will not rest in the fight against illegal collusion between big tech and big government to trample on your voices and the Bill of Rights. You starting to see what's going on here, folks? Um, the government is working with these social media companies to silence you. Speaking of the illegal raids on Trump and members of Congress and all of Trump's key advisors, they've also got another guy in jail right now. Uh, Torben Sundergaard. Uh, you know he's a he's a guy. He came from Denmark. He was being persecuted in Denmark for uh, doing what he said was uh, expelling demons from people. Uh, apparently, they passed a law against expelling demons, and so he was he was uh, being chased. So he came over to America, and he started this. He's he's got this movement going. He calls it the Last Reformation. Uh, and you know what? I don't care what you think about his theology, um, but. What's happening is they are holding him now as a national security threat. They accused him actually of trafficking firearms across the U.S.-Mexico border. Folks, I don't know the guy personally. Okay, uh, I've seen some of his videos. He is obviously not a gun trafficker. If you want to go find gun traffickers, go arrest Eric Holder, the attorney general. I mean, the guy got caught red-handed sending American heavy weaponry to the Mexican drug cartels to do a false flag on gun rights so that Americans could be blamed for this and they could crack down on our Second Amendment. But no, they're not interested in going after Eric Holder. Um, but this, folks, uh, is very, very strange. We need to be following this case. Torben Sundergaard. He's being held uh, at a prison in Florida, awaiting for. They actually said he couldn't get out on uh, on bail because he's obese. Well, you just saw his picture. He's obviously, self-evidently, not obese. So what is going on here, folks? I think people need to know. And finally, before we go to our next break, so we can come to our guest, uh, we've got 19 state attorneys general have just uh, sent this incredible letter to BlackRock accusing it of putting its woke agenda, its climate agenda, its uh, um, political positions It's ESG advocacy ahead of its one and only duty under the law, which is, of course, to make money for clients. Right, that is its job. That is the job of fiduciaries. Right, their one and only job is to make money for their clients. Right, they're not supposed to be using client money to pursue climate change stuff or promote the UN agenda or Paris Agreement or any of that. Their job is to make money. And so, these 19 state attorneys general are saying, "Look, uh, there's some really serious legal concerns here. First of all, you're not." worrying primarily about making money for clients. And by the way, we are among the clients, right? Uh, They said that their states have collectively uh, hundreds of billions of dollars invested with BlackRock. They also pointed out that we're seeing antitrust Uh, concerns, and much more. So uh, BlackRock has been given uh, until August 19th to respond to this. We shall see what they say. All right, folks, we are going to go to break. And when we get back, we've got a very special guest for you. His name is Titus Ellis Smith. He is a young Christian conservative activist who loves to trigger liberals. You're going to really enjoy this. So stay tuned. We'll be right back on Making Sense of the Madness with me, your guest host, Alex Newman. Stay tuned.
2: government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, political instability, all of these can have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. But they can also cause gold and silver to go up.
0: Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott. Buy gold, buy silver, buy now, but buyer beware.
2: Call 720 605 3900 or visit KirkElliottPhD.com. All
0: righty, folks, welcome back to Making Sense of the Madness. I'm not Sean Morgan. I'm your guest host, Alex Newman. And we have another guest today. His name is Titus Smith. He is uh, just a a phenomenal young man. He's got a new podcast that just came out, and he loves to spread awareness of the need for less taxes. Uh, He is a a strong advocate for the unborn. He supports gun rights, proper education, loves to expose BLM, Black Lives Matter. I call it uh, burn, loot, and murder. Uh, Obviously, the LGBTQ+, P, LMNOP, indoctrination, and so much more. He's interviewed with great patriots like General Flynn, Mike Lindell and many others. Um, Titus, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It's great to have you. Uh, Let's start with the LGBTQ madness. Um, You know, I I just uh, wrote an article uh, this morning. I finished it up about the state of Pennsylvania. Their Department of Education has this guide to creating inclusive classrooms. And one of the things they say is you got to ask all the children for their pronouns. What is going on here? How do we make sense of this? How did liberals lose their mind in, in such an extreme fashion?
3: Honestly, I think it's something they've been trying and planning to do for a while. Like I've been saying this from the beginning. I've been saying you give them an inch, they take a mile with everything. So it's like we just want to be married and we'll live amongst you guys normally. We don't we're not gonna do anything. Well, as we can see in this current time, that's not true. They're slowly, slowly pushing their agenda, slowly pushing this this woke mentality, this this love and acceptance narrative, which really was just a way to attack the children. It's a what you normalize we we allow them to, to get married. Sure. The gay people get married. Okay, cool. Then you allow the transgenders to decide that, they're, that it's something that they're not. You were created. A, God made you one way. You are a man. You cannot just change. But we allow that. Okay. So now it's like, okay, well, now we got to let the kids know. we got to teach the kids and sexualize the kids. And you made a good point earlier when you were talking about we don't allow kids to vote. We don't allow kids to do all these things. We don't allow kids to to uh drink or anything. Not allowed to do any of this stuff. But somehow you can re get surgery to become a man or a woman, if you're the opposite of that. It's, it's insane. And I think it's just, you no, know, it's the enemy. Like, I'm a Christian. I believe the devil has a lot to do with the way the world is going. But the fact that we don't see it and the fact that us as Christians are not standing up is what got me doing this in the first place. I was like, I'm going to fight this because I'm done.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it it truly is getting out of control. Where does this all go if uh, if it's not stopped? I mean, is there a, a destination? Is there an end point? Where, where are they going to stop?
3: They're not. That's the whole thing. Like, even like, with that, like, like, you made a joke, LGBT, LMNOP, like, same. I do the same thing. I call them the alphabet community. And it's like, <laughs> they, they're they not going to stop. Their own touching is like this new thing with a map minor attractive persons. No, it's a pedophile, but they don't want to say that. It's a it's minor attractive persons. Well, there's a distinction between the person that actually does the act and the person that's just attracted. It's like, no, they're mentally deranged. There's something wrong with that person. They do not get to be a regular functioning member of society. We do not normalize it. We call it out. We stop it. And what we do is we need to take steps back and be like, no, that's not okay. You're, if you're a man, you're a man. If you're a woman, you're a woman. And I think 90% of our country believes that way. of them want to act like it's like they're virtue signaling. They know it's not true. They know you cannot be a man if you're a woman, but they just want to feel like get the 50 minutes of fame because the narrative in the media is telling us that that's what makes you a virtuous, good person. And I think they're going to, unless people like us fight, stand up and and say, this is wrong. Stop. It's not going to. And like I say this all the time, you can do what you want, but don't try and put it on the kids. You can live the way you want. I say, God gives you free will. I'm not going to take it away, but you're not going to, Teach and indoctrinate people's kids on things. These teachers stop teaching them. Stop telling your kids that you're gay. I, my teachers, who were all straight, to my understanding, did not tell me they were that way. I I would be shocked when I saw them outside of the school. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? You're supposed to be at school. Why are you outside of Meyer? Like it's 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 nobody's business. Let the parents teach the kids that that they go. Oh well, you were not indoctrinating the kids. Parents are indoctrinating the kids. Parents. Uh, yeah, that's their job. They pay for them. They raise them. There is their job to teach them the values and for lack of a better word, indoctrinate. But that's their choice as their parent. If they want to grow up and be 18 and live a different life and do a different thing, that's up to them. They can do that. But at, when you're under their household, it's under their rules. Uh, that's a foreign concept, except for we've all known that since the beginning of time, that the parents raise and teach the kids. And if they... Kids change. There's people that are... Ted Bundy was raised in a Christian household. He became a psycho murderer. But he had the right to do that when he got became of age. But you don't get to do that to other people's kids. You don't get to indoctrinate other people's kids with your dumb and narrative... And your agenda that is not going to actually help them function properly in society because you teach them all these things. They get a gender studies degree in college, and that's not helpful to them in life because they thought they were doing some good thing. But now they're $100,000 in debt. And what are you going to do with that degree? Nothing. They're nothing. <laughs> right. You can't get a job. You can't get a job. Lobby for debt forgiveness, study. right? Yep. Yeah. yeah like, oh, And then also, yeah, well, let's pay for your debt. It, it doesn't
0: matter. Right. It it truly is crazy. So you you mentioned something critical, Titus, and and I agree with you 100%. We've got to protect the children from this madness. Uh, You know, when I read my Bible, to me, it's very clear that God has placed the responsibility for the raising, the educating and the discipling of children with parents, not with Biden, not with Caesar, not with your local school board. Parents, you are ultimately the ones responsible. But Titus, how do parents... Protect their kids from this in today's world. I mean, it's just—it's ubiquitous. You turn on the TV, you drive down the highway, it's on the billboards. You know, two two guys kissing and doing a—you a, know—a wedding ring commercial. It's just so ubiquitous. How do parents protect their kids from this?
3: Well, honestly, I think a big issue with parents is that they allow their kids to have these cell phones. They allow the kids to be on social media to this high degree. I, this may sound weird coming from me because that's my whole job—social media. I do. I'm on every platform, and that's what I do. But. I think there should be a certain age we we're able to see that they raise them, they train them with the morals and the values that they have. And then at a certain age when they're mature enough and grown up enough to be able to handle the world, then they give them that. I think when it comes to TV, stop. Like you said with the billboards, we don't need to see too many kissing. We don't need to see a man and a woman kissing. It's inappropriate for children to be seen all the time. It's like uh, Candace Owen said something this on a video one time. She was just like, I don't care if it's a man and a woman. Stop sexualizing things when children are going to be seeing it all the time. Now, obviously, there's movies, there's TV shows, there's adult things that people are going to see. But even that, the it's a parent's job to teach them the truth and show them what's right from wrong. But you're in this society we live in today. You're a villain. You're the, uh, the evil one because you say something opposing to someone else's worldview. It, only if it's uh, woke. If it's Christian, how you can say anything <laughs> against their worldview, that's fine. But if it's if it's like the, some new age nonsense about you deciding you can switch switch around your gender, mutilate yourself at a certain age. Well, if you're against that, that makes you the bad person.
0: So yeah, yeah, it's it's absolute madness, and we're here to make sense of so the madness. So yeah, right. I I agree. Um,
3: That's the the answer. We fight.
0: Yeah, and we need to. And we need to start telling these people, no, you're not going to do that to my kid. No, uh, we're not going to watch your garbage on TV. We're not going to buy your garbage products if you're trying to shove that down our throats. It's just not going to happen. Titus, we're going to go to a break in a few minutes, but I want to ask you about feminism. Uh, I think this is one of the, you know, my opinion, it's one of the biggest cancers on our society that is almost never talked about. Uh, you know, it's, it's not even politically correct to talk about feminism. Um, I know it's one of the issues you tackle. What are your thoughts on feminism and um, how should we understand it?
3: I think the original te- f- feminism is fine. OK, you want to be able to vote. You want to be able to work. You want to be able to do these things. Sure. OK, that, that's fine. I, I don't I don't care that constitutionally that's probably that's probably more accurate for them to be able to do that. And so that's fine. But it's not that anymore. You have all the abilities that a man has to do in this world. Now, you don't have all the physical capabilities. You may not always have all the mental capabilities. I'm not saying they're dumber or anything, but I'm just saying, people, it's, it's not the same. like, Or it is the same. You have all the, the legal abilities that a man has, and you somehow are still fighting for, for women's rights and for equal pay and things that you have already. You don't get extra rights when it comes to abortion. You don't get an extra right to kill a baby. We don't have the right to kill babies as men. You get that extra right because of women's rights. That doesn't make any sense. We just want equal rights. Guns have more rights than women. Where? I'm pretty sure there's guns are not allowed to be places that women are allowed to be on a regular basis. Schools, for example, although they should be able to be because they need to be able to protect the children. But anyways, for feminism, it's it's a toxic thing trying to empower women, empower women. Masculine, masculinize, I don't know if that's a word, make women more masculine and make men more feminine. And that's the whole intent of this, our society. Another thing, it's all about confusion. That's why they're pushing the males can be women and women can be males. No, it's, it's, a, it's all an attempt to be confused because god, the devil is the god of confusion. He's the god of this world. He tries to manipulate and confuse everything. And that's the whole intent of feminism. There's a whole intent of the LGBT community. It's a whole intent of BLM. They all just want confusion and confusion. And it's it's a diversion from what they're really trying to do behind the scenes that they don't want us to see.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's so true. I mean, it's, I think, an effort to undermine the family. Uh, and and it's been so successful. That's why the Rockefeller Foundation. That's why the CIA. we we're, we're ha- so hardcore pushing this filth, uh, telling women to leave their husbands, telling men to divorce their wives. Cheating is no big deal. Um, you know, it, it's it's so sad what has happened, and you know all these children who now grow up without. Uh, parents, It's just uh, unbelievably tragic. And uh, I think it's interesting that now so many of the feminists are now mad at the transgenders because they're like, hey, you're trying to erase women. And, you know, if there's no women, then they're keeping <laughs> women's rights. They're like, oh, they're going to eat themselves. Uh, folks, we're going to go to break and we're going to come back uh, for another segment with Titus. We're going to be talking about Black Lives Matter, uh, race relations, why the Marxists are so determined to divide Americans based on their race, their class, their gender, their skin color, whatever uh, thing it is. Uh, Titus has some really powerful insights on this, folks. So we will be right back. I'm your guest, host Alex Newman. This is Making Sense of the Madness. Stay tuned.
4: Inflation is out of control. The price of gasoline has doubled in a very short time, and interest rates are set to rise. How do you protect and grow your portfolio to make sure that you do not outlive your assets? Invest in annuities that have rate lock. Rate Lock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax-deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate-free, and they can provide an income that you can't outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing to choose which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select a Rate Lock annuity that's right for you. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844 USA 2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844 USA 2024. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844 USA 2024.
0: All righty, folks, we are back. I'm your guest host, Alex Newman, filling in for Sean Morgan today. And we have a very special guest with us, Titus Ellis Smith. He's got a, a wonderful podcast. You can find them at the Smith Bros Podcast. And he does that with his brother, and uh, they do some some really great work, folks. I hope you go check it out. Uh, I just I love the idea of uh, you know just being grounded in the Word of God. It's so critical. I think that's really how we lost our way as a nation. You know, we we started off with these biblical foundations with the idea that God gave every one of us rights, and that the purpose of government is to protect these rights. And uh, we've we've just departed so far from these just basic moral truths. Uh, Titus, thanks for sticking with us for for another. Segment. I want to talk about this effort to divide Americans. You know, we, we of course, had some issues in, in the past as Americans, and uh, finally it looked like we we're, you know, starting to unite and we're, we're one people and we're one nation under God. And now the Marxists are back and, and just determined to divide us every which way. Why are they doing this?
3: I mean, the same thing they're doing. The same reason why they're doing everything else. When it comes to the feminism and the LGBT, and all. it's just it's division, it's confusion, it's control. Because if you like, you know, there's so many sayings about if we're divided, we're like we fail. There's so many there's so many sayings about the division and how how detrimental it is to society, detrimental to, it is to our life, and and they know that it's a simple truth that when you divide people, there's confusion, there's error, and there's not clarity. And so if they have a division, confusion, and all that stuff going on. They can push their evil agenda. The devil has plans. He wants to ruin things. He wants to take people away from God, further away from God. You know, there's like there's statistics that show that when you took God out of school, you took God out of all these things, all these carnal, terrible, evil things started happening and rising. Where did this happen? Why Why are there shootings at schools? Why are girls getting pregnant? Oh, I don't know. Maybe you took God out. Maybe the person that gave you morality, the foundation of truth, of how you're supposed to live. I mean, that's what it is. What the division is, and it, 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 that's why. Now, how do we stop it? That I mean, we have to stand up. We have to fight. We have to do everything in our power to let them know what we believe and where we stand. And even if you don't change your mind and become a Christian, these moralities, these these are foundational truths of how to live a good, moral life that we need to fight for, even if you don't become come to Christ.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, that, that was one of the interesting things about the founding era is the the biblical worldview was so thoroughly enmeshed in society that even the non-Christians you know Thomas Jefferson had some kind of weird ideas he wrote a bible and took out all the miracles but even he said you know biblical morality is really the foundation of liberty and and uh civil government if you want to have a free society so how, how do we get back to that, Titus? I mean, is, is it too far gone? How, how do we get back to a society that understands and respects uh, basic moral principles that are transcendent, that don't come from us, but they come from outside of us?
3: I think one way to get back to it is what they're doing right now. They're, they're so extreme to the point that people that are on their side are like, all right, this is weird. What is going on? You guys <laughs> are really, you're making me feel uncomfortable. You're making me, you're, you're. You're not allowing people to think. Critical thinking is not a thing. Everyone must believe this herd mentality, and people don't like to be controlled. And so when you – they're virtue signaling, and they're, oh, you're a bad person if you don't believe this or agree with this is one thing. But now that they're pushing it to such a high level that if you don't think your child should be like that or you have your own individual thought that's opposing to that, people that are on the other side are kind of like, wait – people, well, that's fine if they want to be a Christian. I mean, that's fine if they want to do that. That's okay. Like, that's fine if they don't want their kid, they want to raise their kid to be a certain way. And it's probably actually a little smarter because they probably aren't cognitively aware of, of being able to transform from a, from a girl, a little girl to a little boy. So that makes sense. But you're, no, 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 no. Like they attack you for believing, to even suggesting such a thing. And so that's turning people away. And I think having people like us that do speak out and because I've had so many people, I've had DMs, people contacting me commenting, man, like just t- hearing your take on things and really made me think differently about that that subject. And uh, my mind has changed. Like, I don't believe that anymore. And, uh, and that's amazing. Just seeing those little steps, the Roe v. Wade being overturned, that alone was like, OK, our voices are being heard. I mean, technically, that was a constitutionally right to do it in the first place. But the fact that they overturned it was like that that's when I was like, these things I've been fighting for like online for the last two years just, I was just like wow and I'm not saying I'm the sole cause of it I'm not but it's all of us speaking together and and fighting for this for lives for babies' lives and, and for everything that we've been fighting for is what the ch- is going to make change happen you know
0: Yeah, I know. Absolutely brilliant, Titus. And, you know, I want to throw this question out there for you because we hear still today from a lot of pastors, oh, Christians shouldn't be involved in politics. Christians shouldn't be worried about abortion laws and marriage laws and stuff because, you know what, Uh, God didn't call us to be active. Uh, how, How do you respond to that? I mean, do you agree with that idea or should Christians be out there speaking out and resisting evil?
3: I think that's the stupidest thing you could say as a pastor. No, I'm not <laughs> right. saying that. I don't think that's the most important thing to teach your flock. I think it's most important to teach them the word of God, the truth, the uh, well, how God wants you to live, um, all the things he's asked you to do, to love on people and show them the truth, but is not loving them and showing them the truth, telling them right from wrong to get, getting involved in political things and letting them, like, I'm not saying that the pastor needs to be the political figure, but it is okay to talk about abortion and he says, I, know you in your, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Before you were in her womb, I knew you. It means he created you prior to that. So for us to think as a believer that you can't stand up and fight for a, um, the right to not kill babies, like, yes, you are 100% obligated as a pastor, as a man of faith, to at least stand on our side. Now, if you're going to be a wimp and not say anything, whatever. But don't be against us. I don't think you should say that. Like, that's the dumbest thing you could say. What do you mean I don't think you should say that? Don't say anything. Because you know, biblically, that is, it's wrong to murder in any case. And I say this all the time. I was like, if I'm a man and I was brutally beaten to a pulp, raped by a woman, she drugged me or whatever, obviously I can't get impregnated, but that doesn't give me the justification to shoot some innocent bystander on the street because I was hurt. Two wrongs don't make a right. And then when you use the less than 1% statistic of rape, but even rape, that's not okay to kill a baby. Like two wrongs don't make a right. You can't murder someone. And I It's it's, That's how I feel. And churches, churches are dumb. Churches are dumb when it comes to that mentality. You should speak on it. My pastor said he took the Democratic Party a platform policies and took the Republican platform policies, what they stood for, and he literally brought the Bible in between. He said, "Okay, Democrats believe this. Republicans believe this. What does the Word of God say on it?" And that's what he did. And that's how he he went down. So he wasn't even saying you have to be Republican. He's like, "Okay, one point for Republican." He didn't say this, but I'm I'm paraphrasing. One point for Republicans. Zero points for Democrats. Two points for Republicans. Zero like it's like this so it's not even like oh all christians need to be republican it's like i'm sorry god if you believe the bible and follow god you're going to lean republican you're going to lean conservative because or not even lean you're going to be full throttle because you're not okay with babies being murdered you know god created man and woman you know that god is, there's no no slave nor free uh greek nor jew like all, he says all those things we're all one so the blm nonsense of separating people all lives do matter No, all lives don't matter. So black lives matter. No, all lives matter. So if black lives are being hurt or harmed or mistreated, then we all come together and rally against that for that person. We don't separate and say black lives matter and and, and try and make them the the most important uh, race because of things that they've gone through. First of all, black people have not gone through anything near near what they've gone through in the past. No one nowadays have gone through what our grandparents, our great grandparents went through, but we want to act like we did more than they acted like they did. And they actually did go through it. And so... I go on rabbit holes all the time. You know, I'm sorry. No,
0: it, it, I mean, just brilliant. It, it, it infuriates me, too, to hear pastors tell people that we shouldn't be speaking out. We shouldn't be involved. Uh, you know, you just look back through the Bible. I mean, uh, the you know, Moses and Elijah and and the apostles and Je- I mean, constantly standing up to wickedness and lawlessness, standing up against rulers. I mean, Pharaoh, uh, Ahab, right? Uh, uh, the uh, king of uh, Babylon, right? Uh, Nebuchadnezzar. They bow down to this statue. Well, no, sir. We're not going to be able to bow down to your statue. Sorry. Uh, I mean, the the whole Bible is just an incredible history of God's people standing against evil and um, and occasionally falling short and then uh, being punished and disciplined for that. So uh, it's just amazing how we have fallen so far from that. Um, Titus, I want to ask you an important question. You know, how do we heal so-called race relations in America, in your view? Because, you know, you pointed out uh, we're, we're being divided on purpose. Of course, uh, Jesus Christ tells us that a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Uh, and, and I do view this as an existential crisis. If they succeed in dividing us, you're this kind of American, you're this kind of American, you're, you're a cisgender, heteronormative, black, uh, whatever. Um, America is not going to be able to stand. So how, how do we heal this rift that they are trying to create?
3: Well, we stopped making race the focus as or making race the reason for everything. So they'll always say, oh, like a black person, and I could say, that, I mean, we can all say this, but for some reason, white people aren't allowed to say anything. And it's like, they're more oppressed than black people are actually in this country. But um, like, stop saying because you didn't get a job or because something happened to you, because a cop pulled you over was 100%, 100% because of your race. Stop making everything about race. Everything is not about race. I would say that 90% of the things are not about race when it comes to race. And we will assume it is. And they'll say it's about race. Obviously, there are some racist people in the world. People aren't perfect people. There's bad people. There are. So, like, you take the small minority amount of people that actually do behave the way that you're saying the majority of the country does, and you use them as your... Same thing that they do with, like, abortion. Like, oh, well, rape and incest. Well, that's less than 1%. I'm sure the same thing applies to uh, people that are racist and people that are trying to actually harm a whole demographic of people that look different than them. And I think the way we fight that is we... One, call out the nonsense. No, it's not a race thing. It's a, it's a people thing. People are flawed. People make mistakes. People have issues. And even when it comes to, like, police, because they'll always say, oh, well, they'll try and pull out statistics about nonsense. But I heard somebody say this the other day, and I was this is a really good um, example. It's like it's not racism. It's, it's pattern recognition. So if you're a police in Chicago and there's always... These people, black people in gangs shooting at each other all the time, on like a consistent basis. You're going to have a, there's a pattern in your mind because of what you do every single day, to where certain people that look like this would behave this way. Now, it's not okay to to engage in a in a in a de- in a, um, a murderous manner uh, towards every situation, but you are going to have a mentality based off pattern recognition of seeing all these people behave a certain way. That's not racism. That's being that's being wise, since your job is to is to protect and serve but also protect yourself too in the process and if someone's going to be wilding out like trying like there's a case in michigan where someone tried to the uh guy tried to grab his taser and tried to grab his weapon well he had to put him down it's not a racism thing and they always make everything about race it's a pattern of recognition and you're there's a lot more it's more complex than what they want to make it it's just immediately you no know, black black person gets killed by a white cop is racism except for when uh when a white cop kills a white, a white person, there's nothing said. And statistically, more white people are killed by cops than black people. But then they'll try and pull the nonsense about, oh, the well, black people are only, what, 12% of the population? I'm like, okay, well, it's not my, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, what do you like? what are we supposed to do when people, people break the law, they do criminal activities, just consequences to their actions. Uh, and and what, in terms of rela- race relations, we just need to treat each other how we want to be treated, love people, Um and stop the stereotypes or I mean the stereotypes for a reason because people behave a certain way but like look at me as an example look at you as an example of people most of us want to be united united. most of us want to be are are fine honestly it's more of the the media and the narrative that's supposed to make people think that they're not no one looks at me as if I'm some dangerous threat like I've never had that in my life I'm 27 years old and everyone always has been like, oh, Ted is such a nice guy. Ted is so sweet. But whatever they want to say, like, I'm cool. I'm bold. I'm I'm, I'm very assertive and I, and I can be controversial, but people don't hate me. I have people that disagree with me on everything I do. Other than, I mean, not people hate me now because of my platform and like, they just hate my beliefs. But like, people don't hate me in real life. They always like me. I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm this great person. But like most people, I get along with most people is what I'm trying to say. And and, I've never had an issue with my race. I've gotten almost every job I've ever applied for, I've gotten it because of my behavior, my demeanor, and how I, I talk. I think it's more of a parenting issue. We all need to teach each other to be respectful, honoring people, not always accepting, but loving them anyways. And I think that's another thing. distinction we need to make. Acceptance and love are not the same thing. I love you if you're LGBT community. I don't accept your lifestyle. I think it's wrong. I think it's sinful. And and. There's a difference. They don't want to make that distinction. Love and acceptance are not, are not tied together. They want to act like they're tied together. They're not. I love you, but I do not accept your lifestyle. If you were a parent and your child was a murderer, you would love your child. They're your child, but you don't accept the decision they made to, to murder someone. And, and people, that's an extreme example. But that's the same thing, though, is what I'm trying to say. You know? So
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, there's, there's nothing loving about... Um, t- uh, telling somebody lies because that's what they want to hear. I mean, truth is the loving thing to do. And if you see somebody about to walk off a cliff and you don't warn them that they're about to walk off a cliff, Ezekiel 33 tells hey, the, you that know, the blood is on your head then if you didn't warn them about their sin, about the consequences of their sin. And uh, you know if we do love people, we want what's best for them. And of course, what's best for them and what's best for us right, is to get sin out of our lives. And, and we just need to constantly work on that. Uh, Titus, we're almost out of time, but I want to ask you one more question and then I want to give you a chance to tell people how to follow your incredible work. Um, How do we apply the Bible to our lives, to our society? How do we bring these values and these moral principles that God has revealed to us in his word uh, and really make them real, really make them a part of our lives, part of our society? How do we do that? And, um, you know, in, in your opinion. I
3: think the most important thing we can do when it comes to trying to get people to um, come to Christ or or at least live uh, the way that he intended us to live in terms of our morality and how we treat others is to live that way. So I think obviously they need to teach, but I think it's being an example, being like Jesus, behaving like him, uh, being firm in your beliefs and standing strong, but yet still loving and being, uh, being being gratuitous, like blessing someone, paying for people's meal, like I mean, these are just random things. But like loving people, treating people kind, being like Christ was to other people, that opens the door for them to want to know you more. Why is this person different? I had so many people when I used to work at Costco back when I lived in Michigan, and I used to just behave a way that people would be like, "Why are you so nice? Why do you behave this way? Why are you so kind? Why are you so loving? Why are you so well, this and this?" And I'd be in the break room reading my Bible, so then like, ah, okay. And so they'd ask me like, how, "Why I believe the way I do?" When, when Trump was running for office, and they were like, "Why are you voting for Trump?" The reason they didn't hate Trump as much is because I supported him because they respected me that much. And I think if you if Christians started behaving. In a, in a loving manner and a kind manner for his people. Now we fight against what's wrong. And I think that's a, that's a distinction Don't people don't want to acknowledge. I will openly online always come against uh, ideologies and narratives. I don't really come at people that much. I come at establishment, but I don't come at individual like people that are everyday people. But I think if we just love people, like I said, behave in a way that Christ did, that opens the door for them to want to know how you are so different. Why are you at peace? Why are everything going in the world not affecting you in the terms of your soul? Like you're not a dark person like how did you become this way that opens the door just yelling jesus at people is not going to turn them but if you if you if you're being an example of jesus of how he is and how he wanted us to act then that opens the door for them to to want to know about him because i want that peace i want that that love i want that, that family dynamic you have i want to, all these things that people do want people want to live christ-centered lives they just don't know it they don't know that's what they want and so when you be when you're living that life and you in you're an example, it opens the door for them to come and change.
0: Amen. Yeah. Uh, beautiful words of wisdom there, Titus. Uh, before we let you go, what's the best way to follow your show, find your work, uh, give us all the different places where people can watch and listen.
3: Okay. So on every platform I have, if you type in Titus Ellis Smith. It can be YouTube, TikTok, um, Instagram. It's Titus Ellis Smith on We have the website smithbrospodcast.com, which is me and my brother. Me and my brother also have a podcast called Smith Bros, which is only on YouTube currently. They're all that's on YouTube as well. It's on Rumble. Um and I think that is it. Um, if not, if you go to the website, you'll see all the all the links if if you go on any of the platforms. I put them in like every description. So Titus L Smith is really what we gotta look for in Smith Bros.
0: Very good. Well, hey, Titus, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure to have you on. Uh, Incredible insight and wisdom. And uh, hopefully we'll talk again very soon.
3: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: All righty, folks, that was Titus Ellis Smith. Go check him out. Uh, We will be right back after these quick messages with more. I'm Alex Newman. This is Making Sense of the Madness. Stay tuned.
2: Hey friends, Dr. Michelle and I are not celebrity doctors. You probably won't see us interviewed by Oprah, but we see wonderful results in the lives of our patients every single day. We see results.
4: While most medical practices are focused on managing your symptoms, we help you find the root cause and find healing with proven and natural solutions. Will you take 12 seconds and go to Sherwood.tv and join our free newsletter? We'll keep you up to date on new interviews and practical tips for hope and health. Visit Sherwood.tv and subscribe.
0: Welcome back, folks. I am your guest host for Making Sense of the Madness today. My name is Alex Newman. I'm a journalist, author, educator, consultant, and many other things. And it's been a real joy to be with you for an hour today. Uh, I hope you'll stay tuned to American Media Periscope. And folks, uh, it it should be obvious to you by now that our country is in some very, very serious trouble. And uh, one of the things that we need to be able to do to deal with this is to have access to good information. We need to have good information. Any uh, military officer will tell you with bad intelligence, you might as well go home because your, your fighting force is gonna be totally ineffective. If we wanna turn this around, if we wanna protect our freedoms, if we want our republic to survive and thrive, we have got to get involved, we have got to have good information, and we have got to put that information to use. Uh, as the old saying goes, education without action is frustration. Okay, uh, We've got to get involved, and that means getting involved in the political realm. That means getting involved in the cultural realm, the educational realm, uh, the media realm. Right? Share this video out with others. We've just got to get the truth out. We've got to get uh, our, our heads screwed on straight as Americans, because right now the attacks are coming at us full force. We've got the inflation out of control now. Uh, they're, they're circling the wagons around uh, the president, Donald Trump. Uh, now uh, they're going after his taxes up in New York. I mean, it's just crazy the amount of things that are happening. And folks, we cannot allow this. We cannot leave this mess for our children to deal with or our grandchildren. We've got to handle it now. And that begins with becoming informed and becoming activated. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned here to AMP, American Media Periscope. going to be more great content coming up. I want to thank you again for spending the hour with me, your guest host, Alex Newman, here on Making Sense of the Madness. Until next time, God bless you all.